Welcome, welcome to, to No Notes. Notes. I'm Colby. And I'm Alex. And welcome back to this week's episode. So as, as usual, let's start off with our tops and bottoms. For the new folks, we flip a coin to decide which one of us will discuss a top, aka a highlight of the week, and the other will discuss a bottom or something bad that happened this week. So what do you want to call, heads or, or tails? I'll do tails. Okay, so let's see. Heads. So I will discuss the top of the week and you'll discuss the bottom. So my top of the week mm-hmm. is uh, Nest Camera. In the last 24 hours, you have provided me with love, laughter, and so much joy. Thank you for recording all those moments that we had no idea were going to happen. So last night, uh, we had Friendsgiving and one of our good friends uh, came over. He was talking all week about his like amazing cheesecake. He was like, oh, it's really good. Um, I'm going to make it. I'm like a really good baker. He's the first guest to get there. Uh, We hear something drop, uh, and then we go outside, and there's his cheesecake all over the sidewalk. We look at our Nest camera, and we see him get out of his Uber, uh, walk up, and just completely drop his uh, famous cheesecake. And uh, the sweetest thing about him is that he, like, doesn't get angry or anything. He just, like looks down and rings the doorbell and like he's like covered in in cream but um he's just like a trooper so this is really funny because it's also my bottom of the week really yeah because i was looking forward to trying this pumpkin cheesecake (laughs) all week so first of all i love the footage but i have a theory about this and i told ty this last night i feel fairly certain that he just went out and bought a pumpkin cheesecake or something akin to it. And so that we wouldn't have to experience it. He intentionally dropped it. Oh my God. What if he does this from friend group to friend group? Exactly. Like, like he says, he's great at making desserts and that he's baking all the time, but really he's just, and I bet next year he's going to be gone uh, that week. And uh, he's also going to be the week after or the year after that, he's going to be like, Oh, I, I just, I don't have the heart anymore to do it. Yeah. So we're on to you, Ty. Yeah. Faker. Well, it sort of brings us to our topic of the week, an exciting one, I think, and it's upcoming next week, which is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So uh, what are your general thoughts? I think that Thanksgiving is pride for Christian girl autumn. Yeah. So we just came out of, you know, uh, Halloween and that was, you know, queer and then Christmas We'll talk about it, but queer also. Queer. But Thanksgiving. No one likes Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. None, none of the gays like Thanksgiving. It's so homophobic. Yeah. I mean, I just think that we should go ahead and designate it as the pride for the Christian Girl Autumn crowd. Let them have their flag with the shades of like cream, beige, maple leaf, brown, maybe some olive in there. And the icon can be like a pumpkin spice latte. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why do you think specifically Thanksgiving is is like straight or straight pride. I just think it combines all the things that the basic bitches love. You know, it's like the, the fall tones, the sweaters and scarves they can start to wear. They can do what they love and probably what their husband lets them do, like bake in the kitchen, make a bunch of dishes. Um, Gender roles. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels very like small town, you know, it's, it's yeah. antiquated. Yeah. I'd also like to add on that. It's a diary of landmine. Diary of landmine. Yeah. Because everything has dairy in it. Like mac oh, and dairy. cheese. Yeah. 
mac and cheese, the pies all have uh, some sort of lactose in it. Which is interesting because I feel like this is the period where the Christian girl autumn type, this is where they peak, right? And they're very excited. It's probably the, from that excitement, it's probably the first time they let their husband like try anal with them. So mm-hmm. it is interesting that exactly that they have all these dairy products. Yes. Um, maybe that that's like a feminist uh, um, defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But also like every hometown that we have to go to, homophobic, like the, there's bullies, the high school is always like at hometown, like the faggoty faggots, like it's just homophobic towns. You get to see your bullies that called you out during high school. I feel like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> well, it's just like every home, like you have to go to your small town. Yeah. I guess like for you, what was Thanksgiving like growing up then? No, I mean, it was fine, but like my hometown was way more conservative than a city. It's fair. I feel like everyone that I really know comes from a smaller town, a more rural place than where we currently live or where some of our other friends live. And I'd be curious to hear the experience of someone that maybe grew up in a bigger, more metropolitan area. But I feel like we do have a lot of probably shared experiences of Mm -hmm. growing up in a small town as a, as a queer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think it's homophobic. Well, when I think of Thanksgiving, I, like probably most people, think about the food. Um, so what was your favorite dish growing up? What did you think about the most? The ham. Everyone talks about turkey, but it's the ham is where it's at. I agree with this. Um, I th- am very much over the turkey. It's dry. It's too much work. Even if it's not dry, the flavors, uh. And it's like I have turkey a ton throughout the year. And so it's just not exciting. Yeah. If you, if like the primary food that you eat has to be drenched in either gravy or, or cranberry, maybe it's the meat. Mm. Just replace it. Ham, so much better. You can make it brown sugar glazed so much sweeter which you did last night and which, it was great yeah so so much better and it goes as i found out today i mean ham sandwiches with like melted cheddar white cheese sandwiches yeah it's so much better for the next few days than remaking stuff with carved turkey yeah oh and then the shapes that carved turkey gives weak mm-hmm. my favorite um no surprise is the mac and cheese but it has to be done with egg so that it's more like a lasagna like it's got that it's got a thicker consistency to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, shit ton of cheese, of course. So how do you do, like when you say with an egg, like do you like get, like when do you add the egg? Um, just when you combine the cheese and the pasta. The you roux? S- you just add in like two or three beaten eggs and oh, wow. put it all in a pan. Oh, I've never done it with an egg. I've done I think it with it's, like... I think it's very Southern style. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always done it like heavy whipping cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, the yeah. one you made last night was really, really good. Thank you. The one time a year that I actually use a stove. Which I've never actually seen you. So I, again, have a, a conspiracy theory that you have someone else actually do it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they live in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, uh, what time did you eat dinner? Um, I mean, it was always... So for Thanksgiving, we would always go 
to one of the relatives' houses, like an aunt or uncle's home, and it would be like 60 family members. Mm -hmm. And so you would get there and be there for hours because people would still be cooking. And so it's like, I don't know, three is probably the earliest, but it could be like 5.30. So three would be the uh, earliest that you start eating? Yeah, yeah. So I don't like that. I think it should be actually against the law, punishable by death. What do you hate about it? Because... um. It's Thanksgiving dinner. It's not Thanksgiving uh, lunch. It's not Thanksgiving breakfast. It's Thanksgiving dinner. And what are the hours of dinner? If you were to look at a restaurant and said only hours of dinner, it would not be 3 p.m. I feel like it becomes some hybrid of like the Midwesterners and other people that they do supper instead of dinner. And so that's their normal supper times like 6 p.m. or something. So I think it's some hybrid between lunch and dinner. I mean, imagine if it was actually at dinner time, like if the goal was to do it at like 8 p.m., you wouldn't be leaving until 1 a.m. or something. So that's I think exactly, that's why. That's exactly what happens though. Yeah. What was, um, did you do anything similar like that, by the way? Did you have to go to res- like extended family members' homes for Thanksgiving? So uh, yeah, there was a family friend that we have in town. Uh, we never really traveled that much. Sometimes, occasionally we went to like LA, mm-hmm. which is where my other family's from, but mostly we stayed um, uh, at my parents' place and it was usually just the immediate family. So my brothers, now that my brother's ma- oldest brother's married, his wife and kids come over, but it's usually just the immediate family. Got it. Yeah. So um, did you have the concept of the kids' table? No, no. Uh, I mean, well... You really lucked out on that. So what what, what was your experience with that? So the kids' table, right? I feel like it would always be those like Fisher-Price sort of play kid Mm -hmm. dining table setups. Did you have those plates where they have, they reveal like the animal (laughs) face? (laughs) No, but I, I would swear like up until my early teens, I would get designated to sit at this table with a varying range of infants and children. And I don't want to hear this conversation. I don't want to hear about like someone's Tamagotchi or what Pokemon cards they're collecting. I wanted to hear the hot family gossip, like my aunt having marital problems, a cousin having financial problems. And I really think that they're the ones that missed out because I could have offered such sage wisdoms probably around the age of nine. Where do you fall in the, like, are you the younger cousin, middle, older cousin? Where are you? So there, I guess I'm kind of in the middle because there was this range of cousins that they were like mid twenties when I was like 12, but then there were a whole bunch of little young ones too, because they were having their kids by then. Mm -hmm. And so there were tons of like babies and infants and then me. And I think there were maybe one or two that were even close to me in age. So the age gap was fairly wide on either side from me, meaning that the dialogue just wasn't, it wasn't where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, we know this, I've always been a bit of an old lady. So mm-hmm. I just didn't want to hang out with the kids. I wanted to be at the table talking shit. Yeah. And one um, memory that particularly sticks out to me that when I finally got to move to the adults table is that there was this hot gossip around whether my cousin's new boyfriend was secretly a homosexual. And you know why they were running with this thought? Because he liked you. No, because for (laughs) Christmas, what he had asked for was a pair of cashmere socks. 
Are you serious? Yep. And guess what? Who did he ask? Why was he so comfortable to ask someone in your family? Well, he was dating my cousin. So he had asked, like his wish list item for my cousin was a pair of cashmere socks. Oh. Well, you know what? That is pretty gay. And guess what? He is gay. He came out. Oh, Like wow. a year later. Wow. Well, and I mean, I'm that, sure there are other things like limp risk. I don't know. It was a bit traumatizing for me because I was like, wow, like socks could be the smoking gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so did you ask for a pair the next year? No. Sadly, <laughs> I never got one. Although I do think about it sometimes. It sounds That nice. would be itchy. Uh, have you never had like merino wool socks? I don't know. No, no uh, well, it, doesn't, it never gets that cold in California. So uh, don't you, well, the Bombas brand socks, which I think you have some, I they do. do the merino wool ones. They're really great. They like don't last forever, but I would think the cashmere ones could be nice. Like winter season with boots, New York, Paris, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't we don't know. go. Oh, well, I don't go, I guess. Anyway, um, I stopped going to those family get togethers because they had to ban alcohol. Do you have, does alcoholism run in your family? Um, I don't, well, maybe. Um, but well, like, why was alcohol? Because banned? my cousin started to get in fistfights. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that sounds like a problem. Mm-hmm. I'll, what are you going to do? Can you imagine being in that sober. environment with adults sober? Sucks. Like, I don't want to go to any adult event sober, Mm-mm-mm-mm. at least an edible. Yeah. So uh, that actually brings me to my point. Do you, so like the biggest drinking day in the United States is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like when you went home for Thanksgiving, did you drink on Wednesday? As an adult? Yeah. So... I, as I said, I stopped going to those events really as an adult, but I have um, been, I guess, in proximity to home or like my childhood home as an adult. And I would just go out in the city, like in Atlanta to the gay bars Mm -hmm. and they were always insane. Yeah. My friends and I uh, still to this day, when we go home, we always get home like sometime on Wednesday, we meet up. And we typically go to like a bar and then just end up at someone's house, typically my house. And we've been, we get so, so drunk and it sucks. I hate getting drunk. I've outgrown it. We don't need alcohol anymore. I think we should bring back the 21st Amendment. Well, as long as we can keep the espresso martini. Yeah. For flavor, it's fine. Anything else? Eh. Yeah. It can go without. I can't think of any good stories that I had as an adult out on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving though. So... It's making me think that there's nothing good that comes from that and uh, it's not worth it. Have you ever hooked up on Thanksgiving, either in Atlanta, at your hometown? I don't think so because I'm usually stuffing my face with mac and cheese and crescent rolls. Oh. You? Have, have you ever hopped on Grinder to see who else is lonely? I doubt it. I've always, like, when am I single? I, like in, That's true. Since I was like 17, I've never really been single. That's it's true. just serial dater. So I don't know. What about you? Uh, no, no, I don't think I've also, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat where we've, I've been like with a, a person um, for a while. Um, but have you brought over, uh, so can you explain when did you stop going to your family's uh, Thanksgiving? How old were you? It was probably around 19 or 20. 19, okay. And what, that's pretty young. But is your question if I brought boyfriends around for the family Thanksgiving? No. Mm -hmm. Not even in secret? No. I mean, I think similarly, the people I was dating in that period were 
sort of like me where they weren't out. And so they had their own family things. I did go to one of my boyfriends at the time Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Um, and that was, that was cute. They were, they were German. So the food was a little different. Uh, was that, were you out at that time? I was out to my parents. And so this, I think I was 19 and, um, he was out to his parents, but that was like the only audience really. I think that either of us were out like maybe a couple of friends, but it was just, you know. So when you went over, did the parents know you're the partner? Yeah. And I got to stay over, but had to sleep in a separate room. Oh, that's, that's, what do you, like, uh, do you think that's proper? I guess it depends on your household. I mean, we can be making babies. So what's the concern, right? We're not going to ruin each other's lives with children running around. Yeah. I think that, yeah, maybe it's just like the respect of having, you know, being on someone else's roof. Although I don't really get it. I don't care. Well, that's on them because we did it anyway. <laughs> you just had a actually, bone sex through a can. I'm actually pretty sure that I made him wear his lederhosen too. He had one? Yeah, they're like German German. Like, Oh my God. Please explain. What do you mean? Like how he did that conversation? Real, he looks really good in lederhosen. So he was German? Yeah. Uncut? Uh, No. Oh, gross. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point of having a German boyfriend if he's going to be yeah, cut? Yeah, no, uncut uh, schnitzel uh, or <laughs> Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> um, no, I think we got, we had had a few drinks and I think I was like rummaging through his closet and saw his lederhosen and I was m- making fun of it because it just looks absurd. And he was like, no, my ass looks great in it though. And I was like, okay, well, you have to show me now. Um, and was, yeah, he, was, was he correct? Yeah, his ass looks great in Lederhosen, or it did. So, and now it doesn't. Is that what you? I have no idea now. <laughs> I mean, it's been like twelve it, years since uh, I've seen him. So, I uh, wonder what he's doing now. Yeah, it's, I don't know. He probably thinks of me daily, fondly. Uh, so, uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think we should talk about what we did last night—the meat of our conversation. Yeah. So it's, do you know how Friendsgiving started? I heard a rumor that it has to do with like, it was originally among the gays and like the hoes because a lot of the times they were abandoned by their families. Like side chicks, you mean? Uh, Like people, I guess that just didn't like maybe sex workers and queer people. They didn't have a home to go to. to. Yeah. So they had a Friendsgiving, you know, the chosen family. Yeah. Which um, is a near and dear concept to me. Why? Um, I think it's, I, I'm strongly of the opinion that you don't owe anything to anyone just because you have a blood relation to them. Um, I just don't think that's a healthy state of mind. I think you should surround yourself with people that actively love and support you, whether that's by blood or not. And so I think it's really great that you know, with the chosen family that you've specifically selected a group of people that, that give you all of that. And I'm not super close with my family really by choice, just because I don't feel like it's a positive environment for me. And so at the holidays, I get to surround myself with, with people like yourself and others that I've built really strong relationships with that I feel like I'm actually celebrating something and I'm not just there to, you know, deal with whatever emotions or political opinions or 
whatever that my extended family would have. So you said that you stopped going to Thanksgiving, you said 18 or 19? Yeah, probably around then. How did your family take it? Um, I mean, honestly, I think it was probably a relief for my parents because I think at that period they weren't fully accepting, right? It took, it took a number of years for my parents to come around to the idea of me being gay and that being okay. So with me not being there, it was easier for them probably to just give an excuse of why I couldn't be there and not have to explain maybe my like more, um, queer leaning fashion style at the period. High heels and jeans. Exactly. Um, or just, you know, I think I, I think I was becoming a little bit rebellious in that period too, where it's like I sort of wanted people to ask me or to challenge me about it. And it's so I think it just the timing aligned where it was like, okay, he's, you know, with friends or he's sick or whatever. Um, I think it was just easier for them. So you said that there were like typically like 60 family members at your aunts or whatever. Yeah. So do you think that your parents would feel uncomfortable with you dressing and talking certain way? Um, I definitely remember having the conversations with my mom before going over there that, Oh, your jeans are too skinny or dude, why is that a mom thing? So before I came out, my mom would always like my brother and I will be wearing the same length and same shorts, but only I will be called out for my short shorts. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they're just very, during a certain period, they're they're concerned about wh- how your homosexuality reflects on them because depending on how your parents are brought up and their their values and stuff, if that's something that's looked down upon, they don't want to seem like, oh, we we were bad parents or we failed in some way in you know raising this kid, and so it's it's just like we'd rather avoid you know any any thoughts of that altogether. So if we can have you just dress a little more heteronormative, then you'll just continue to get by. I, f- I feel like is where it comes from. Um, but I remember I, if I would wear anything even remotely more feminine, like wearing a soft pink sweater, my mom would be like, I need you to change. And so, I don't know. I think we both wanted not going to that. I didn't want to deal with my family and I wanted to wear what I want. And yeah, now I... Now I have Friendsgiving with chosen family. So what did you say to your family? Like, what were, do you, like, do you recall the conversation? I don't. I mean, I, I think it was more or less along the lines of like, if people think I'm gay, then that's their problem. Um, and then, and then I, like I said, I think I was like wanting them to challenge me. Like, okay, so if you think I'm gay, what's the problem with being gay? That, w- that would have been like the argument I would have loved to have had. Mm-hmm. Just because I've never... I've never wanted to be anything but who I am. Like I'm not one of the people that if I could choose to be straight that I would be, I know there are many that do feel that way because they feel like their path would have been easier. Yeah. But I think that's boring. Yeah. Like I, I feel blessed with the fact that I was given something that made me different than just another white man, you know? Right. I get to experience a different kind of life. And I think that's Plus, great. when you applied it on a, uh, a new job, you can click that box because a minority. Yeah, it's my one differentiator. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm like so thankful that my parents like were super accepting and like never, that wasn't an issue. Um, although and you I came out was, pretty late in life. I too. did. And a lot of it had to do with like the machismo uh, culture. Yeah, I Latino am, machismo. Uh, exactly. How, what's it been now? Like three years? Since I came out? Yeah. It's, uh, two. 
too. Okay. Too. Um, so yeah, I came out later in life, but they've been super supportive and they were super like, we know basically. Um, but yeah, you have to be blind not to. Yeah. And the other thing with the, uh, Latino culture is that like you have to kind of come home for these family events. Right. And you know, like I usually go down to where my parents are at least like once a month. I'm not too far away from them and they kind of expect that. Yeah. So I'm thankful that they accepted me. I go to Thanksgiving. I'm bringing my partner for the first time. Um, so it's going to be a, a weird or not weird, but a different dynamic. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I think you are, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say lucky cause I don't think it's like a good or bad thing to have maybe like a close relationship with your family or not. I think in this case though, it's great for you that you do have that because you are really close with them and, and they were supportive of you and so are your siblings and all of that. Yeah. So it's great that you have that additional layer of support. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to hear about how it goes. Do you remember your first uh, Friendsgiving? Um, I think it was probably 10-ish years ago. So and maybe a little longer than that. I've been doing it since um, college. Just various friends that I had made, gay or, mm-hmm. sh- or otherwise, through uh, that didn't maybe necessarily get along with their families. I think it's interesting. I I think I've bonded a lot with people that for whatever reason, just aren't super close with their families. And it made it easy during the college years. And right after that too, like going into my first job, um, that of just having that tradition every single year. Um, and I always loved, um, hosting people too. Like when we got sort of our quote unquote dream house at the time in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and had like an amazing kitchen, I loved just hosting everyone and making everything and I don't know, it was nice. And you did it for the first time last night. How, how was that? It was, well, it was stressful. I guess not your, maybe not your first Friendsgiving, but your first one hosting at your it, new place. Exactly. So, I mean, it was kind of stressful just because you want to make sure that everyone's getting along. I think that like my partner and I were stressing out about the space. Oh, a the lot. space was great. Yeah. But like we, you know, San Francisco, small living, uh, so like the places we can't have like a dining table that fits 12 people. Right. So that was kind of stressful, but I mean, it was fun as long as you have, everyone's in a good spirit. Everyone brings the food. Um, you know, the wine is there. Everyone yeah. I mean, time. you had wine, a cheese board, ham, me, what else could you need? <laughs> I mean, that's like the best party possible. Yeah. And then you were on an edible. So I was like, yes, the chillest, uh, Colby. Yeah. I, I got to the point though where I was like grinning ear to ear for the longest time. <laughs> oh, it's so funny because someone will t- like say the like a mid joke, but I look over to you and you're just laughing so hard. <laughs> you fall into the G hole, the yeah, giggle hole, the giggle hole. Yeah, <laughs> I love it though. God, what are your uh, notes for a successful uh, friendsgiving? Um, obviously, good people, good food. Do you ever get stressed out like having different groups of people meet? I guess sometimes, but I I don't know. I, I think we have different opinions on this. I think you're a little bit more of the the more the merrier vibe. Yeah. Like every mm-hmm. everyone I know can come to this thing. Right. And I think I in general have already isolated certain people into 
cohorts of like how well I think they will interact or not. And I am truly very protective of that energy. So depending on what it is, like I'm already inviting people that I know they either have a great rapport with one another or I know they're going to vibe really well. I th- this is the Hermes in you. It's like the way to handle certain things. I'm exclusionary. Exclusive. I'm yeah. exclusionary. <laughs> I will make no uh, apologies for that. But, you know, at some point more just attracts. <laughs> and you, you've got to like protect what's a good thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I loved it. I loved last night. It was great. But maybe we can wrap this up. You want to talk about what you're most thankful for this year? Yeah. So I kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, but this year we just moved into our new place. So I'm thankful for my partner and um, the vision he saw in this house that um, he got and it's turned out so beautiful. Um, So yeah, I'm proud of that and I'm thankful for for that. What about you? Um, I will say that I think we both have a ton to be thankful for. I think we've traveled a lot with our friends this year. We've made some new friends that, you know, we've loved having around us. We both have been blessed with loving and supportive partners, but I think what I'm most thankful and proud of this year is like finally stepping outside of like the corporate brown boundary and doing something um, creative and exciting with one of my besties. So yeah. it's this podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That you hit it on nail. Like that's something that I'm super proud of too. I feel like every year our friendship goes a little bit stronger and like we get to know each other in different ways. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. We can wrap this up. And we'd like to wish everyone a happy happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, it's Colby and Alex here. Thank you for listening to No Notes. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share with your friends. You can also follow us on Instagram at No Notes Pod, one word, where you'll find updates on new episodes and see more into our lives and the stories that we share with you on the show. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, keep it real and keep it queer.